catching you up with the latest news from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Friday morning, February 3rd. I'm Elliot Trito, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Last March, Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law HB 1467, which requires teachers to remove books that do not appear in the state-approved reading list by media specialists. Now schools across the state scramble to determine what teaching material can be approved. I spoke with Buholtz High School English composition teacher Patrick Gallagher, who has 26 years of teaching under his belt, and his thoughts on the matter. So we've been given information about what we have to do under the law to be able to use any media. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it is a book, a novel, a short story, an essay, an article, a YouTube video, literally anything uh, we have to submit to be approved. And what they'll say in the way that the law is written is that nothing is being banned. And then, as a matter of fact, the way that it is, is that pretty much everything is banned until it is approved. So they're not putting out a list of saying, okay, these books are you know, banned. Uh, they're just not approved. And so the process is that we have to submit the information on any media that we want to use. And then it has to be reviewed by someone who holds a valid media specialist certificate. In other words, the, the law has taken the all of the autonomy of the teacher way, right? So even though I have a master's degree in educational leadership, which, and the certification, and I passed the Florida educational leadership exam. Um, so I could be hired as a principal right now, but that degree doesn't mean anything to the state of Florida. It has to be approved by a librarian, uh, a media specialist. And currently right now at Buholtz, we have 2,600-ish students, maybe 2,700. And uh, over 100 teachers work at the school, and we have two people on campus who have that specialist certificate, and they are tasked with reviewing every single piece of media in the school now, including the library, all 30,000 volumes or however many books we have in the library. Can you expand upon the process of bending everything to what gets approved? Right. So theoretically, they're going to have to read all of these things if they're not intimately familiar with it, because they're going to put their approval on it that it has met the standards that the state has put forward. And as it was presented to us by the administration, there are three criteria. Uh, the first one is that there's no pornography. There's no definition of pornography. There's no criteria. There's no rubric of any kind. It just says no pornography. And that, of course, is problematic because how are you going to define pornography, right? So you can go back to the Supreme Court of Justice who says, well, I can't tell you what pornography is, but I'll know it when I see it. And that's pretty much what it is. So uh, a library specialist is just going to you know, review a book. If they've never seen the book, know the book or read the book, I guess they're going to have to read the entire thing uh, and then decide whether or not if it is pornographic. Then the second one is that it is the students are able to understand it. In other words, is it grade level specific to a degree, right? And that's perfectly fine. That's just teaching. And you know, if they don't necessarily understand it, you can get into the whole zone of proximal development, and I could rattle off all sorts of educational thinkers on that line. But that, one, that one's fine. And then the last one is whether or not it's appropriate. And there's a few more words that are thrown in there, but the key word is appropriate, another subjective term. And this is where you can get aspects of where, uh, you know, the Florida legislature and Governor DeSantis have said that, you know, 58 math books were uh, denied last year, I think it was. Uh, because they felt that they were inappropriate because they claimed that the even elementary school math books uh, contained CRT, critical race theory, and woke ideologies, like social emotional learning. Uh, so they were deemed inappropriate under that standard of the stop woke law. Uh, so you have two terms that are completely subjective for which there's absolutely no guidance whatsoever. 
So for example, one of the books that I used to teach is Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Over the years, Slaughterhouse-Five has come under scrutiny on the American Library Association uh, webpage. It'll tell you books that have been banned at different times or challenged. Uh, it has profanity in it, so maybe that profanity makes it inappropriate. Uh, some people have claimed it has pornography in it because there's a rough sketch of three concentric half circles and locket to present the idea of breasts. Uh, and so people have looked at that page and called it pornographic. I have another book that I would teach would be Mouse 1 and 2 by Art Spiegelman, uh, a graphic novel about the Holocaust. And just last year in Tennessee, under the same idea, uh, there was a school district that banned Mouse because they claimed it contained pornography because there were some panels uh, when the characters who are anthropomorphic mice uh, were at Auschwitz and they had to strip naked. And so they're portrayed in about five panels in total uh, where you can see the rough outline of male genitalia, rough outline at the most. Uh, and they specifically cited those panels in Mouse as being pornographic. So your definition of pornographic, the Supreme Court's definition of pornographic, like what's the what what's pornographic? What's going to be used and how is it going to be used? All media has to go through this process. So if you're in an art class and it's got Renaissance art paintings uh, that you can see breasts and nipples and things like that, does is that pornography or is that art, which is the eternal question? So it comes down to those types of criteria. And then depending on the ideologies, quote unquote, that will be in the book then it can be discerned that the book is uh, inappropriate. So uh, The Hate You Give, for example, could be deemed inappropriate because it may be interpreted as having a um, negative view of police and police forcing, and it might be pushing woke ideologies. And of course, Governor DeSantis said in his victory speech when he was reelected that Florida is where woke goes to die. And then you get a little 1984, right, newspeak because they've re- appropriated the word woke and turned it into, you know, liberal ideologies and everything you should be terrified of. And they've, that was done absolutely on purpose because it allows them to decide and to define these things. And let's say, and, and here's the thing, we've always had a process for review of books in the classroom. There's already district policies in place. This is completely superfluous. This is creating a ridiculous amount of work for two librarians to have the this weight on their shoulders as well because we already had a process like so if i'm teaching a book right and a parent says hey i don't want my child to read this book the very first option is is that they would be offered a similar book and that or an alternative assignment that would meet the same benchmarks and criteria that i was teaching the book for um, and it could also be if enough parents complained then the principal might say you know hey we've got a problematic book here so tell me how this has affected your curriculum. I can't use any books. I, I had to start doing an inventory of every book in my class because I have shelves in my book room, uh, in my room of books that students have donated over the years and things like that. Um, as of now, I cannot use any of those books until they're approved. I cannot use any articles until. So they're approved. I teach rhetoric and nonfiction. I can't go get articles off of the internet. Technically speaking, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, before it really came down, like, hey, we actually have to follow this law now. It's, it, you know, it's being upheld in court so far for K through 12 because there were legal challenges at the university level, and so it was kind of in limbo. Um, so a few weeks ago, I used some videos on YouTube to uh, show logical fallacies. One of the things that is in my AP curriculum. Uh, under the law, I would now have to submit all of those videos 
to the media specialist and they would have to check it off as appropriate before I can even show it in my class. So what they've done is that they have negated my professional opinion, even though I have 26 years of experience, a master's degree in educational leadership, and my AP pass rate is no fewer than 30 percentage points above the rest of the state. Last year, I think the state average was 54%. I had like an 89% pass rate. None of that matters anymore. It is down to the media specialist to say, you can show this uh, video in your class. You can, like I've shown online documentaries, you know, about uh, various aspects of language and things like that. Now I have to do that. And I'm being told by my administration that I need to submit by April 1st uh, every piece of media that I plan on using in my classroom next year. Since all your books have been recalled, uh, you've had to improvise. What books are your students reading currently? I can only go out of my textbook. That's it. The textbook is it. And technically speaking, and I haven't gotten a straight answer on it, there isn't a state-adopted textbook for AP English language because it's an elective. So technically under the law, I would have to have that book approved. And then do I have to, for example, there's great questions to be asked. Like, do I have to submit all of the AP materials that I get from the College Board website, the videos that the College Board publishes from my AP class, especially considering that the state of Florida has recently told the College Board that they're not allowed to use the AP African-American uh, history class because they said that it promoted woke ideologies and all sorts of other things. So they've already said that College Board material is not considered appropriate until it passes the review process. Technically, nothing is banned, and that's, of course, what they'll say. What else do you want to say to the people of North Central Florida? <laughs> I love my job. It is the only thing I have ever wanted to do in my entire life. I was in high school. Teachers saved my life, and I've been paying that debt back ever since. I went to college at Flagler College. I started teaching immediately. I taught overseas for seven years. I came back to the States. I, I've set down my roots in Gainesville. My two children have gone through the Alachua County Public Schools from beginning to end. My daughter's at UF right now. My son is dual enrolling at Buholtz and at Santa Fe College. I am an educator through and through. And the fact that the state has now said that my professional opinion means nothing is, is a stab in the back for all of the work and the dedication and everything that I have done, including teaching simultaneously online and in person during the pandemic, all of the things that I've had to do over the years because of the love that I have for this profession, and to have an administration in, in the governor's pension, right, in the state capitol building who says, you, sir, cannot be trusted because you are going to press woke ideologies on our kids and that's going to hurt them is so professionally and profoundly personally galling that I, I can't even completely wrap my head around. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to be one of those people saying, you know what, I'm going to leave the classroom. Good luck, by the way, finding me a, re a replacement for me. I'm going to stay there, but it needs to be known how this is directly affecting Teachers, human beings who have dedicated their lives to ed educating children and to have uh, you know, a knife stuck in your back in this way is utterly galling over an issue that literally does not exist except in a political form.
That was Buholtz High School teacher Patrick Gallagher on his thoughts on recent teaching materials banned in Florida classrooms. Now let's catch up in today's stories from around the state. At 11.26 a.m. yesterday, the University of Florida Police Department was alerted of the discovery of a suspicious package on the first floor of Turlington Hall. Law enforcement officials on the scene stated an empty metal tube was in the package. According to WFT's Natan Solomon and Augustus Hoff, UFPD and the Alachua County Sheriff's Office Bomb Squad identified as a device as, quote, research material. UF spokesperson Cynthia Ralden said the package is related to a UF department, but she declined to specify which. To fight back against a pair of Disney World pass holders suing over the reservation system, Disney argued the company had the right to change the terms for annual passes. According to Florida Politics' Gabrielle Roussan, Palm Beach County resident Erica Kelly and Orange County resident Marilyn Payone sued Disney in October after they said they couldn't find open reservations when they wanted to go back to the parks even though they had passes without blackout dates. The incoming University of Florida President Ben Sass will be greeted by protesters Monday afternoon outside the school's administration building as he officially takes the helm of the top five public university. According to the Gainesville Sun's Paul Festo, a press release announced the protest, which is planned for 2 p.m. outside Tigard Hall at 300 Southwest 13th Street. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org to subscribe and view the most recent issues. I'm Elliot Trito, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great Friday, and enjoy your weekend.